We're here with the Student Action Committee and over 100 sixth graders making our point heard at the homeless anti-discrimination rally. Let's get some sounds. That was Alice Deal, middle school teacher Michael Martini, and his students at their rally in support of anti-discrimination legislation last summer. And this is Sounds from the Street, a podcast about homelessness and life on the margins. I'm your host, Adam Campy. Fresh on the heels of daylight savings and spring break, we're going to turn back the clock all the way to June 3rd, 2015, when a group of middle schoolers protested outside the mayor's office in downtown D.C., Along with their teacher, Michael Martini, then sixth graders, Nico Foxley and Sophia Giorgiani, helped organize a rally to support the homeless anti-discrimination legislation. The group from Alice Deal Middle School got some essential help from Michael Stoops at the National Coalition for the Homeless and Albert Townsend of the People for Fairness Coalition. The capstone event slash rally was part of a year-long service-oriented curriculum where they explored the issue of homelessness. So let's turn back that clock to the day where it all went down and find out what they learned. Here's Sophia and Nico, two of the youngest activists ever, and their teacher, Mr. Martini. I remember waking up that morning in my mind, like saying like, I may be able to make a change today for the community. And I remember it being really gloomy outside, um, right? It was like it sort was of like- tristening, so. Yeah. I wish it was sunnier so more people would be walking on the streets so they could see us. As Nico said, I wanted it to be sunnier so there'd be more people outside who would maybe pass the word around about what was going on. But I really remember like this excitement, this rush of excitement that was going around. Like as we were on the metro, we were all like practicing our chants. We're all holding our posters. And I remember when we were actually going around the block. Our chants were so loud. I don't know. I just remembered, like, there was so much excitement and, like, touching feelings. Like, you could feel what everyone else was feeling. We live, we breathe, we are all the same. One of them was we live, we breathe, we are all the same. Uh, there was, they're homeless, they're human, equal under the law. I remember, what's her name again? Yeah, the city council. Anita Bonds came out. I remember, she spoke to us. Yeah, I remember when she came out, and I knew that she actually like acknowledged that we were trying to make a change. Michael Martini. And we even had the students introduce her when she came out. Yeah. And Maddie, one of the other students, gave a great speech about who she was and how it was so important she came out to meet us. Yeah. Did you guys introduce anybody? I think you did, Nico. I think I did the main introductory yeah. thing, and then... Yeah. yeah, we also made a really big banner that said, Heart, Heart for, for the, the homeless. homeless. It was Heart for the Homeless. We were outside in that hallway, and we were, like, all painting and make, finishing our banners. I thought it was really unexpected how they were, how they even closed down the, yeah, the roads. I thought it, I just, I didn't think it would be, like... And it surprised me of how many people... Um, actually stopped and like maybe took a video or a picture. I just thought people were going to walk by, but I was really glad that people were taking videos. But like Sophie, I was surprised that I saw the permit and I knew we were allowed to do this, but when they had the uh, 
cops on motorcycles leading the charge. And when we said we wanted to go into the street, they just blew the whistles and stopped traffic. I don't know if I was expecting all that. My first uh, couple of years here in DCPS, um, especially at Alice Deal, we had a day of community service called Deal Gives Back. And it always took place in May, and it was one day where the whole student body and all the faculty, over a thousand students and close to a hundred teachers, would always be involved in a community service project for that day. And it was always really nice, you know, classes were put on a hold, we shifted our focus, and we, we got out. We went into the community or we stayed at the building and did something to serve others. Well, a few teachers got together a few years into that program, and we wanted to make the shift from community service as a one-day thing we did with uh, students and turn it into service learning, where the learning and the education students receive is around the theme of service as an ongoing way to lead your life and not something that takes time away from your other tasks. And the community service component is making an impact. Don't take my word for it. Just listen to these students respond to why this work matters. Realizing that there's more to helping than your personal benefits. Realizing that community service should be a way of life, not just something you do. Do the smallest things with the most amount of love. It's My favorite quote ever. And so as a committee, we, we met and decided on a couple of options we'll uh, throw out there for students to digest that we can be involved in for the year. And it was about three years ago that homelessness stuck. Um, different homeroom classes had discussions, and that seemed to be one that both students and faculty were generally interested in exploring. And uh, thankfully, that was about the same time a teacher recommended me to the National Coalition for the Homeless. And once I contacted them, uh, Michael Stoops and a few other great leaders immediately had some ideas for us. And um, the teachers wanted to do it. When we told the students about it, they were in. And we started looking at a year-long continuum of service learning projects, both lessons and action steps we could take as a student body. From there, it flourished. We started with some collections. We did seasonal collections, followed up with outreach runs, where the National Coalition would have guides, homeless or formerly homeless guides, um, lead the students in groups of about 15 or 20 through the city. We went to Franklin Park, went to... Farragut Square and a lot of other parks and the guides taught the students how to interact with the homeless community and how to um, approach people experiencing homelessness and deliver the items we had collected and um, and talk to them and so to watch my students you know sometimes 11 or 12 years old learning to break stereotype well all, all our community service projects always had a nice goal but that goal was never face-to-face -face. it was a number how much money did we collect? It was how many hours did we serve? And this was the first time where our success was measured in relationships built and minds opened. And when one of our guides talked to the group and said, hey, be honest, what stereotypes have you heard about people experiencing homelessness? And the things students had to say were the very real stereotypes we all experience. And then to watch him teach the students the real causes of homelessness or the real um, reasons people end up in that situation. And students, it was like light bulbs went off. What they thought were causes may have actually been effects. And that made it more meaningful when they met people to know any issues that came up 
because, you know, with kids out in public doing this kind of work, there, there were a few issues, you know. Um, sometimes there were, you know, angry tempers or sometimes, you know, isolation. People wanting to be left alone. They were better to understand why that was happening um, because they saw them as humans going through um, a pretty difficult experience and not something that defined their personality but define the situation they were in. And so students were learning that we can still, we still talk to people, we can still offer, we can still, you know, ask them their name. And if that's all they want for the day, that's okay, we can leave it at that, but we did something. And other people, they graciously accepted what we had to offer. Sometimes it was blankets or winter coats, sometimes it was emergency care packages, and they just wanted to talk for a few minutes with the students. One of my stereotypes like I had this one mindset that homelessness was just, the, or people experiencing homelessness didn't have this one thing, which was food. But then I realized that people experiencing homelessness, they may have lost their homes, they may have lost their jobs, uh, uh, many other reasons. It's not just food. They they didn't ha they don't have other things also, and I realized that originally. I thought some of them were frightening because of their appearance, but um, I didn't want to feel that way. It just seemed that way. But after hearing the stories and the poems and um, talking to old or no, former homeless people, uh, I understood a lot better, and I regret looking at them that way. Um, can I add? I, yeah. I want to add to your um, a comment about how they're, how you thought that they were frightening. Um, I also thought that, but they, the a person experiencing homelessness, if you actually like maybe get to know them, or like if you have a job somewhere, and you pass by them every day, then maybe you two can start maybe like a friendship and like it's not in their control to seem frightening to other people. Um, I wanted to go back to the comment that you made about how long a person experiencing homelessness wanted to stay on a bench. I remember, I'm not sure what the gentleman's name was, he came in one time and he told us that he had a friend that told him a story. Okay. His friend told him a story when he was at the library. Um, his friend was experiencing homelessness, and um, his friend was just leaning against the library wall, I think it was, and then a security, someone from the library staff came out, told them something like, you can't lean against, yeah, you can't sit against the wall. And then I think his friend said like, you can you can tell it because I don't remember. Uh, he, well, he said he wasn't sitting, which he was leaning. So they kept trying to find rules that he was breaking, and they couldn't find one. So he eventually leave because he didn't want to get banned. Because I think he used that library a lot. Do you think other patrons in the library who are using its services would ever get called out on leaning against the no, wall? Not at all. Yeah, that's what opened my mind. This is an issue that I think is important for the community to learn about. And it's important, of course, to the people who are experiencing homelessness because not enough citizens are just people who live in our community are speaking up for these people experiencing homelessness.
no one is really listening or look even acknowledging them as we talked about before like walking down the street i want more people to care i mean like we both said i think all of us said people can just walk by not really caring about people i just want them to acknowledge them and feel that like you said they they could be that situation and hopefully uh they can change things i learned that there's so much more potential in a lot of our young people in this country and i'll be particular and talk about in my classroom than we adults sometimes give them credit for i've really learned to look at my classes even when i meet them on the first day as having a lot more potential than i could have ever imagined and not just the academic potential of course you know the end of the year i i teach them i get them there we you know we we work on a lot of stuff but potential to be to be better people to to really just care about others and care about human life and you know especially at such an important developmental stage as middle school i just really really see how great people can be through my students caring about issues like this through students like Nico and Sophia giving up recess for months on end to plan this event and that um you know their hearts are often bigger than we give them credit for even when their minds are telling them to do silly things or make mistakes or the troubles they might get into their their hearts are still there and still bigger than we can ever give them credit for That was Alice Steele middle school teacher Michael Martini and his students Nico Foxley and Sophia Giorgiani talking about the power of community engagement and social activism. To learn more about Street Sense, the nonprofit media center dedicated to creating economic opportunities for people experiencing homelessness, go to streetsense.org. And to hear more sounds from the street, check out streetsense.org audio. Or find us on SoundCloud, the podcast app Stitcher, and iTunes. Please keep the conversation going on Facebook and Twitter at Street Sense DC. The sounds from the street theme song, I Need a Dollar, How to Make It in America, performed by Aloe Black from the album Good Things, used courtesy of Stones Throw Records. The song was composed by Aloe Black with Leon Michaels, Nick Mofshon, and Jeff Dynamite. Used by permission of songs of Cobalt Music Publishing, EMI Blackwood Music Incorporated, slash Sony ATV. The following instrumentals use courtesy of Creative Commons. West Coast Anthem by Nate Rimmel, Navy Blue by Adam Seltzer, Throughout the City 2 by David Setze, Deep Pools by Poddington Bear, An Uneven Lie by Robin Allender, and The Bread as Hard as Crackers by Valella Valella. Special thanks to WFMU's Free Music Archive and the Needle Drop Company at needledrop.co. And a special thanks to two very important pieces to this podcast puzzle, Eric Falcaro, Editor-in-Chief at Street Sense, and Jeff Gray, the Communications and Sales Manager. Without their essential help, this podcast would never make it to the internet. So thanks, guys. And finally, thanks to Michael Martini for the audio from the protest. My name is Nico Foxley. And my name is Sophia Giorgiani. And, and you are listening, listening to Sounds from, from the Street. street.